Hello and welcome in to a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of Mile High Sports, and today is going to be a more fun podcast because friend of the show, Brendan Vote of Denver Stiffs, has shown up to do all kinds of debauchery with me on a microphone. Shown up? This is my fucking I, I showed up to your place. I live here. I love how you cracked an alcoholic beverage and your third word was fuck, and that's how we're entering this podcast. It's the summer. What is that beverage? Please explain this to the world, because this is worse than Claws. No, I'm glad you asked. I did want to set the tone, set the scene here for the Nuggets faithful. I'm drinking a Crispin Rosé flavored hard cider. Whatever that is. It is is labeled and marketed as you'd think it would be the color pink that my little sister painted it's like her room. salmon pink almost the color of your shirt right now i'll say this though man that actually kind of picked up on the levels like i wish i would have done that delicious 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 all right so just to give a kind of outline of what we're going to do we're going to play a game that's not really one that i invented but one that i'm going to claim that i invented and we're going to play fact or fiction with just random ideas about the nuggets and narratives that exist brendan and i each have about five different topics and we don't know what the other one has they might overlap they might not but basically we're just going to argue for however long it takes for us to argue through these topics until we stop arguing which might be a little while but it's going to be a fun podcast it's going to be interesting but before we go any further i gotta give some love to all of the people who support the denver nuggets daily podcast first and foremost the regulators production group who reached out and put together the beats of the intro and outro of the podcast this podcast would sound real mediocre without their audio production putting on both ends so definitely go look up regulators production group on instagram they are at regulators regime additionally this podcast is powered by mile high sports and the main benefactor of the show is terrapin care station so for any of your cannabis goods in the Denver metro area, make sure you go find a Terrapin care station near you. And here's a little bit more from Terrapin. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the product that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. present an idea and then we will each basically say if that's going to be fact or fiction looking down the line whether it's this season whether it's way down the line really complicated there's stuff. literally no rules here i told him to gather five ideas that we could argue about fact or fiction or fact or fiction so that is where we're at so brendan i'm on the floor is yours my first yes okay tj last season the nuggets finished with a 112.7 offensive rating that was good for seventh in the nba yes fact or fiction the denver nuggets will finish as a better offensive team in 2019 
2019, 2020. Oh, I think that's a fact, and I don't think that's like a hot take fact at all. I think that they shot really, really bad. They missed three of their starters for a month of the season. Gary Harris was never Gary Harris. Will Barton was never Will Barton. And then you add the perfect front court compliment that's not a star and Jeremy Grant to the team. For me, I don't see a scenario unless Nikola Jokic gets hurt or Jamal Murray suddenly thinks he's Kobe and no longer Nikola Jokic can do what he does, in which that this team just suddenly is not better than they were last year. I agree. There's not really a lot of debate in this. I kind of wanted to bring it up to just sort of shoehorn in Mm -hmm. a discussion. You and I were just talking about this pre-podcast. Kind of funny how the optics, as they should have been, and the conversation around the Nuggets offense last season was this is disappointing. What's going on? This isn't what we expected to see. And yet, despite everything you just listed, they finished with the seventh best offensive rating in the league. So I don't, yeah, it'll be less Plumlee Jokic. It'll be less Torrey Craig, theoretically. No offense to him, just in terms of the offensive offensive fit. And, and, you know, let's be, it took Torrey Craig three months in the regular season to figure it out offensively, right? In the beginning, he really hurt their spacing, etc. So, yeah, I mean, there's just, Assuming they're healthy, they should be a top five offense. I think that's a that's a lock. A top five is a lock in your opinion? I it's think a, I'm there with you. If they're healthy, it's a lock. And the one thing that we, we're going to hammer a lot, I'm sure, on this podcast, and everything we write and record from this point forward is the fact that the Nuggets have a freakish amount of continuity that none of the rest of the league has. So it's going to allow them to have a head start in a lot of these kinds of arguments of where are they going to end up as a shooting team? Where are they going to end up as an offense or a defense? I think that that is just something that they're always going to have an advantage advantage for as well so i'm sure that'll come up a lot as well i saw on twitter i wish i could properly attribute this um someone released like a continuity rankings right essentially analytics on running it back um not a single other team lost less than one thousand calculus but yeah but not a single i just the individual not a single team other than denver lost less than 1,000 minutes from their rotation, right? The second best team in continuity rankings lost over 1,000 total minutes. The Denver Nuggets lost 280. Yes. And those minutes belong to Lyles. They belong to Leiden. They belong to Isaiah Thomas. So... And they only existed when Denver was missing three starters. So if you take out just the extreme injury concerns that they dealt with for most of the season, you're losing not anywhere near that, even that 200 mark. All right. So I'm going to toss this back to you because I'm hoping that you will just respond with the next question that makes sense to follow up. I have a good one to follow already. Okay. After you. (laughs) Okay. um, So my thing. So let me just give some stats first. The Nuggets were 17th in the NBA in terms of three-point percentage at 35.1%. The Nuggets were 18th in total makes, and they were 16th in total attempts. My question is, will Denver just be an overarching top 10 three-point shooting team? Whether it's attempts, whether it's makes, whether it's percentage, will they be in the top three most productive or top 10 most productive three-point teams in the NBA? Fact or fiction? That's a really good question. I do not know. Because top 10 isn't a crazy jump either. Like, you talk about making an extra two or three well, a game and I'll, you're I'll jumping make, very high up in this conversation. I'll make the argument for fact. Gary Harris, what did he shoot last year? Like 36, 37? No, it was like 32, was it, Oh, was it that much yeah, lower? But he also, again, like the, the frequency, the volume was just so much lower. I talked about those Adam last night. I, I'm mad I can't remember. It might have been 34 or 35. It's, it was, not, quite it, as, yeah, it's, it's not quite as low as you think. But to, to the point here, Gary was injured with what we're not quite sure, but I think everyone feels comfortable at least positing that, putting that forward. So assuming that Gary's healthy and he regresses to 40%, right, which really is where he's lived for the rest of his career... Um, then that should make a big difference. Assuming Will Barton's healthy at three, that should make a big difference. And I do expect a leap of sorts from Jamal Murray this season. We're going to be talking about Jamal Murray. So and we I got some takes. That, Hold on. that leap, 
that big leap for Jamal might not include showing us something we haven't seen yet. Yeah. So I, much I as it means shoring up the deficiencies. So uh, most particularly within this context, three-point shooting. Does he let it fly more often? Can he hit it with more regularity? I'm expecting that. So I'll say fact Nuggets crack the top 10. Yeah, Andrew Sharp wrote a fantastic piece today, and I think we both have this on our mind as it is, where he talked about Jamal Murray basically being the X factor for the Nuggets going into next season, and it's not just about him finally being better than a 37% three-point shooter. He's never shot better than 38% in his ent- in his three-year career, which for a shooter of Jamal Murray's caliber is actually kind of insane. Mm. He, it, We've seen him shoot, just like in warm-ups. There are very few people that are in the NBA that can have the shooting potential that he has, but his his point was not that the percentage necessarily needs to change it's the volume and it's where he gets his shots that's my big thing for this three-point conversation is can jamal murray decisively pull up from three the second a defender goes under a screen it's decisions like that that have been cloudy and have been undecisive that have not allowed him to take the shots that i have been wanting to see him take and typically yeah you jack up your attempts per game we're talking about less efficient shooting so this is a weird argument for why they get more efficient as a team but i'm expecting that jump i'm expecting him to take and make those easier shots without hesitation i thought he passed on a lot of open catch that's and what shoots, i'm saying and he took right? the tough ones that's, yeah that's kind and he of took those pull-up jumpers in transition yeah. you can jack up that number while while actually properly allocating like reallocating what kinds of shots you're taking right yeah. where you're looking to get these points on the floor so I think there's a world in which Murray makes that leap, Gary gets healthy, and Denver's a a good three-point shooting team again. So, I look at this in two ways. If it's going to be a fact, he needs to take at least eight threes a game. He was at five and a half as his career high uh, two years ago. He was like 5.4 last year, so there was like no difference there. I mean, what is is Jamal Murray hitting, though, if he's shooting eight attempts a game? But that's the point, though, is that I don't worry about it being 37% if you're getting eight and a half up a game because you're going to be adding so much to the equation overall. And the spacing you're going to provide for a team that's already mm. good with slashing, for a team that's already good at hitting cutters and playing off ball and having that high IQ ability to create mismatches by moving the basketball. Right. When you add in that level of, let's just call it Damian Lillard light. Like yeah. I'm not even I'm not talking he needs to be Dame. He doesn't need to be any of those sure. Steph Curry guys. Wal- Walgreens Dame. Exactly. Yeah. You're talking about the fact that if he can just be a threat more often, to where you're constantly thinking about his shot more than you currently are, that's when I think you open up the rest of the floor and all of a sudden everything else starts to click. And it won't matter about the percentage at that point and, as much. Yeah, and as Sharp wrote in that piece you referenced, right? I mean that just Murray's not actually as quick or explosive mm-hmm. um, or as graceful. Or as good a ball handler as some of these guys that he sort of tossed into it. Like his ceiling, right, gets thrown in with Dame, Steph. Yeah. For, seems a little aggressive, but that is his ceiling and the way people talk about him. But he he's not as effortless. It always looks like he's working hard to get his yeah, shot. Yeah, he to doesn't turn have that extreme advantage just blow by people. So as Sharp wrote, one thing that would help him a lot, both in terms of driving and finishing, but also as a drive and kicker, right, creating open looks for other guys beyond the perimeter, him drawing more gravity, right, by being by putting that in the defenses of mind, like I'm a willing and capable shooter, it should open things up for the whole team. Yeah, this is a trend in the NBA. Even when you look at a guy like Jeremy Grant, who I've just been watching too much film on, so I've kind of just connected these dots in a similar way that Jamal Murray could, it's when he started taking a volume amount of three-pointers that his straight-line driving is suddenly there. Oh, wow, he does have some passing ability. Right, right. And there's just more room. The passing angle suddenly widen. Right. You know, that all of those things are a big deal. But I do think we need to talk about Gary Harris in this conversation. Because Gary Harris, just being Gary Harris again, will probably put them in the top ten as and a three-point shooting team. I was, you just know, Gary Harris per, per, alone. Um. 
per my conversation with Adam last night um, on the Lodge on Nuggets podcast, we should expect that. That's who Gary's I, been. I am expecting So assuming that. it was injuries last season, which again, we don't really know, um, then I expect him to, to get back to where he was. Let me transition here. I think I have here, a what's good... your So you said, it, so fact or fiction for you for that last one? Oh, uh, fact. Yeah, I'm with fact as well. Okay, go on to your next one. Fact or fiction, Jamal Murray is the Denver Nuggets second best player right now and at the end of the season. Ooh. Two different questions. Um, fact. And if it's fiction, the Nuggets are in a very bad position. Yeah, that's probably the right answer. Um, the Nuggets need to have Jamal Murray take that leap into being unquestionably the second best player. Right now, it's by default because Gary Harris has been hurt, right. Paul Millsap is aging, right. and they just didn't have that guy. But by the end of the season, I think if the Nuggets are to be where we want them to be, Gary, like there has to be no question between a healthy Gary and Jamal, which... You know, last season there was. Um, I mean, prior, you know, at the start of last season there was. I still think you could make an argument for a healthy Gary. But to yeah. the to the point we're making, that has to be fact by the end of the but season. But there's a lot of growth for him to get there. A lot for of sure. growth, in my opinion. Because I remember there was a point in, like, February in which us on Media Row just were kind of having our debates that we have. And most of us came to the conclusion that Monte Morris had been the second most important player to the Nuggets at that point. And the fact that that can even be an argument against him, that a backup point guard playing 18 minutes a game or whatever it is is more impactful and more important to the overall team construct that cannot be an argument that can be made if he's going to be there right yeah so i will take it as fact and it's a good transition to my next one which is will jamal murray justify his 170 million dollar extension next season will he make it feel like all right we're good with this moving forward he doesn't have to like all of a sudden become that valuable. Well, I but mean, to where you feel comfortable with the money that he currently you has. You know what's funny? I, 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 even though this question is centered around Jamal, I feel like it's a team success question because I don't think in a vacuum Jamal is ever going to be worth 170. Ooh, that's um, an interesting take. But I do think that next to Jokic, he can absolutely get there, which is the real gamble that Denver's making. Yeah, they're, not you're a max player. Gamble. It's not right, the Jamal Murray gamble. But you can be the complimentary piece. So, and to us, that's worth 170. So, it's not like, because I don't expect Jamal to get up into the top 20 in, in two to three categories, um, points, assists, I don't expect that big of a leap. I think it's just going to be about, can he be consistent enough that Denver looks like a better team, like they've turned a corner? Do they look better in the playoffs because of his consistency? So, it's not really like a points per game mark or anything like that. For me, it's a team success thing, which will reflect... The potential growth for Jamal as a playmaker, decision maker, scorer, etc. I look at that almost inversely. Like the Nuggets' success is going to hinge on Jamal Murray justifying that contract. The only way that the Nuggets are going to have the success that we have been discussing is if he does reach that level, which, in my opinion, there's three big things that he has been too far away from to really have a good argument at it right now and it's a long way for him to get there and the first one is defense of course like he cannot keep people in front of him it just is the full-blown issue with his play is that if he is going to consistently be targeted defensively like we saw in the playoffs where he almost was played off the floor in moments that there is going to be an issue there he has to find a way and it's not going to be easy like we talked about earlier with the sharp piece he isn't quick enough or explosive enough he's not going to be able to fight over screen with his strength and his quickness. He's not going to be able to contain the perimeter with his strength and his quickness. Look, I don't think... I don't think we're going to see a defensive jump from Jamal. Can he Can he get a little better? And Maybe. that's a really big issue to me. I, I agree, but I almost think it's like besides the point... Like the I, To me, the question is, can Jamal be good enough that next time the Nuggets make it to the conference finals? That's it. I don't care what the points per game look like, the assists, any of that. 
is the second best player consistent enough that Jokic, which we know what we're getting, we know it's good enough, Denver advances. Like, I know it sounds like a weird answer. It's not a statistical benchmark. It's not an after 82, I look at you and say, wow, Jamal looks better at this. It's how does that team look the next time they have seven games to save their season? Yeah. I just, if Rodney Hood is going to go off in playoff games because you have Jamal Murray on the floor, that's always going well, to be Well, Murray's got to be good enough on the other end. And that and that's the that's to, really to the justify, thing. Because look, man, if Murray makes, if Murray does sort of, raise his baseline offensively right in terms of consistency mm-hmm. so it's not 29 one night and six the other but it's 19 20 21 22 i mean the defense stuff it matters but the point is if he's good enough offensively to justify being out there Jokic and murray are so good together mm-hmm. that that stuff can be mitigated with the right personnel gary grant Millsap, yeah. etc so will he be an effective shooter though next year because he he's been a decent shooter i wouldn't call him an above average shooter at any point in his nba career so far in terms of production because like he shot like what 43 percent from the field last year shot 36 from three like that's not very appealing he needs to improve that and we've talked extensively yeah, about yeah. how he should i think the biggest I honestly, it's just where he gets his shots yeah it's I just honestly, the decision the making. biggest thing is take out those yes. those pull-up jumpers in transition and replace them with the no hesitation from the corners. Yeah, I agree. And um, like, just you know, when a defender is under a screen, just pull up. Pull up. You're such a talented shooter, and you have all that space. Just yeah. pull up. Yeah. So yes, we've talked plenty about that. I'm gonna leave that where it is. And then I think the other thing is he needs to grow as an initiator, which he has taken steps. That's the thing. Like he has. He, he has, those, but those, he's still not ready yet. Sh- sure, but like he's better than he's been given credit for for a 22 year old scoring sure. guard. Like the leap he made last season is to the point where I'm not super worried about the playmaking stuff anymore. And I, I I understand that, but my thing is, Nikola Jokic is not having a good night. You have to have him able to run an offense. And in my opinion right now, if that was a playoff game, he can't do that. He can do it in spots. He is not a consistent initiator in any sense of the word yet. And he has taken it steps. Like His ability to have pocket passes drop into Jokic is better. His ability to find shooters in the corners and use his vision is better. We have seen his post-entry passing improve as well. And hopefully it continues to improve, but right now he can be stopped by on-ball pressure. He can be stopped if he gets double-teamed and he can't see out of it because he's not as big as everyone thinks he might actually be. He's more like 6'3". Those things are difficulties for him and he Look, needs the ball, to get there. The ball handling has to improve. And that's really a big I part just, I just believe his vision and, and his court awareness did over the course of mm-hmm. his first season as a starter. So and I, if he hits his damn three, if you don't have to worry about this. Precisely. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Sure. So, fact or fiction. Will he justify that $170 million contract extension right away? by the end of next season? I'll say fiction based on what most people's yeah. expectations would be. Which you. is, he needs to be a top 20 player to justify that he, contract. He needs to be a top 35 player. Sure, whatever. The Nuggets just need to win. And I understand the your Nuggets age just need argument, to win. by the way, but yeah. $170 million reasons why age no longer matters in these conversations. That's going to be a new part of the heightened expectations. I just, I just disagree that like the contract will change fan expectations. I just vehemently disagree that it should change anything at all in terms of expectations. I guess nothing has changed. The only thing, but they, but it has no, because no, they no. have bought in entirely into this corner sure. making this but particular we, decision. But we always knew they were going to do that, and the only thing is it's twenty more million dollars than it might have been, and we know now instead of next summer. So we know what we knew three months ago, which is the Nuggets are hinging their title hopes on the development of Murray. That doesn't change just because it's 170 now. Like, if Murray isn't good enough to live up to that contract, you're screwed, but you were screwed either way, whether you've given him 85 or not. You know what I'm saying? I I get your argument. I do think it's... 
Because who who's the 170 guy that you do draft or do sign that comes to Denver? I don't know. And that's the thing is that you're but now you no longer have the opportunity to pursue that conversation. But now but that now, is now out of the conversation. And again, I understand Cuz that it. conversation was not, never on the table. This is more devil's right. advocate more than they anything. They got lucky but. with Jamal, not lucky. They drafted well with he Jamal. Fell. He fell. He fell. They drafted well and they they've developed him well. But the idea that they're going to find another guy who complements Jokic either through the draft or through free agency that fits on this timeline, like it's highly unlikely. It is. So they had to do this, man. And it so is. and so from that argument, I just like the contract changes very little for me. I hope the Nuggets win. <laughs> and I <laughs> that, felt I felt that way yes. a month ago, yes, and I still do. I, I get that for yeah. sure. All right, what's the next one on your list? <clears throat> um, I don't remember. Hold on. That's why, <laughs> that's why they're lists. Nikola Jokic will repeat as first team All NBA center. Factor fiction. Ooh, I like this one. It's really a tough. Lot. This and I and huh. there's a there's a new wrinkle. You'll probably get there. I don't want to ruin it for you. But there's a. I would have said yes. I would have said yes. But I think there was one move that gave one particular person um, a, a much greater chance of securing. Who's that the spot. other person? Go ahead. Anthony, Anthony Davis. So Al, he, is he going to be in there as a center? I though? think I think that's how he'll be voted in because there's going to be so many goddamn forwards in the West that like, do you know what I mean? Like there's LeBron, there's there's Kawhi, that, there's Paul George. For a guy who complains about not wanting to play center I know, ever but, to suddenly be voted in as an All NBA center is a really but, but rough thing. Is, to isn't he eligible though? Like, can't voters do that? Didn't they? Didn't I don't they? know off the top of my head. To be I, honest, with I know you. the All Star and the All NBA stuff is different. Yeah. So. So, and they're so, looser with All-Star than they are with All-NBA. So this hinges on on this. So yes, I don't know the answer. If Anthony Davis is a center, I think that there is more odds that Anthony Davis gets it over Nicole Because and I think that's... I think that's a fair statement to make. And like, I know that Davis will play the four, but if I'm voting first team All-NBA, I would probably work it that way to get him in there if he's averaging 30 and 10. Because you're going to have to figure out LeBron, Kawhi, Paul George, um, yeah. Luka, like a ridiculous amount of wings out west. So... Man, so I think that cha- I honestly think, and given that he's playing with LeBron in LA, I mean, there's a real chance Anthony Davis, like the reasons he wasn't in that conversation with Embiid and Jokic last season was that the Pel- was that he took the season he off and the play. Pelicans sucked. Yeah. But he's going to average like thirty. But yes, and 10. If, if he is in, if he plays more than sixty eight games, and the the Lakers are a top five seed, he'll be in that conversation. He'll probably he'll probably hmm. be there. My other thing that I would bring up too is I. I think that Joel Embiid is going to have a much better year this year because he's playing with Al Horford. Well, and Al Horford is going to teach him the wise ways of basketball, I mean, man. sure, but I think that'll make him, like, a, a better NBA player, but I'm not sure, like, how that directly translates him to... Him being a better NBA player making better decisions is going to make Philly so much more dominant. Uh, look, I mean, I think Embiid... He'll have the Giannis thing. It was, like, 60 wins. I think the Embiid thing is just an endurance question, a durability yeah, question. If, sure. he, if he played enough last year, he's first team. I, I mean, that's my read on... You know the, what? No, fact. I'm taking to Jokic's first team. I, I don't. I get everything you're saying, and I'm arguing with you. I okay. think you're right in a lot of this. The continuity part of this is still a really, so, really big deal. So that's the thing. Like, I also think the Nuggets could absolutely fuck around and grab the one seed. Yeah. And if they do, excuse me for cursing. It's, it's okay. Sponsors, you, you, you've done this a few times. But if it's, they, a, it's a dispensary, man, we're good here. If the Nuggets are the one seed, Jokic's first team All NBA again, probably. 
But Anthony Davis makes this difficult because of the way people vote, because of the narrative, because it's LA. I'm going to say fiction. I'm going to say Anthony Davis Ooh. steals it from you. Oh, Jokic. Man, if AD is a part of that center conversation, he's going to be a very difficult guy to talk to deal with in that, uh, I guess that's that award race. All right, you ready for this one? Will Paul Millsap be the unquestioned starter by the end of the season? That was mine too. Oh, you have that on there too. I was wondering if we were going to have one that crossed over okay, each other. I do have an I answer. I was really, really wondering if that was going to happen. I've got, a, I've got a take worked out on this one. It's fact, and that's because Ooh. I'm, I'm role playing as Michael Malone, and Paul Millsap's a 14 year old veteran. Paul Millsap was my extension of my voice on the court mm-hmm. last season and in the locker room. He echoed the defensive sentiments. He prioritized defense as I did. He's my guy, and so long as he doesn't suck, you better <laughs> believe I'm starting him 82 games. Grant might finish some games, probably will. Could be a lot of games. He might play more minutes than Millsap, but I think Malone does that weird stubborn Malone thing, and Millsap yeah. starts to the end. I, I, I can. It's, it's almost like his Kavon Looney to Steve Kerr. Yeah, like, like yeah. that's kind of what yeah. this comes out. Well, also like, but a little different a, because I, I that also because like Paul Millsap made them really full. good. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> it was, like you know, actually changed things for them. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like stubbornly sticking. Yeah, the at, like Adam said it in last night on Lots on. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's kind of how I feel. You can still get Grant those minutes. In fact, it might even be more valuable to make sure that like. Grant needs to play a lot, man. Grant needs to play a lot because Grant is the one that is going to be here longer term than than it seems like right now than Paul Millsap. Yeah, but he will play a lot. And I think that that's really where the answer lies. You can play more minutes and likely close over Paul Millsap. I think that's the likely. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the light. I think that's the right decision. I think that Jeremy Grant is going to be so much of a Michael Malone player himself. That there will be a point in January, February where they start really considering it. I just don't think there's like any pressure to do this. No, you know, no, this would be like Unless we are just it, clearly right. like really That's good with Jokic together with Jeremy. And to Grant be honest, I just and th- they're going I, to be. I just think the Nuggets are going to be such a good regular season team. They're not. They're not going to get to this point where they're like, we better get Millsap out of there. I just don't think. But I could be wrong, man. I, I, don't, I don't think it would be we need to get Millsap out there. It'd be like, damn, Jeremy Grant fits just as well, right. if not better than we thought. That's what I come down to. Did you have one more? I do. Okay, yeah. Go ahead and get your last one off. Okay, so by the end, so this is by the end of 2019-2020. Fact or fiction, the Denver Nuggets are still the last team in the NBA trusting the process. Ooh. Is this, does who this, else is left? Does this roster look like it does now? Wait, who else is left in this process conversation? Pretty much. I can't even think about Phoenix, but they that's just because theirs hasn't gotten that started. Fit that yeah. way. It's Denver. Uh, it's, Dallas. It's it's it's, it's Denver. It's Denver's Denver. the last process. Adam team. did a whole video on this. You should check it I out. I watched the video. video. That's why I was like trying to wreck my brain, but none of them were actually like finished. The I mean, we just talked about even. continuity rankings. It's not close. It's, it's Denver. not close. So, it's Denver. So but but also but, but, the next time a star gets disgruntled, who's the number one team you'd expect to make it? It's Denver. Trade? It's Denver. Two fat expiring fiction. Yeah. They're gonna trade. I They're agree. gonna consolidate. And even if it's not like a big Bradley deal tra- Beal trade, like one of Malik or Wancho, probably Mason I could see getting moved. Uh, yeah, Wancho is the big one I could see being moved. Mason's only gonna play like twelve minutes a game next Yeah. Because like you it's harder not to play four bigs and you're always going to play one of Paul Millsap and Jeremy Grant with Nikola Jokic. There is no reason to play them and, together and what anymore. Is, and Mason's like an eleven million expiring. Thirteen. Thirteen and a half, yeah. And like which is the perfect amount of money to trade though. That's the thing. Right. That's like, what I'm it's saying. one of those beautifully middling contracts. And if I'm just looking for an expiring, but like I'm not trying to disrupt anything. I want like my coach's job to be easier. Like Mason's the kind of guy you bring in. Yeah. Like he's he's valuable in the trade market. So I'm with you, fiction. I think the Denver Nuggets will look different by the end of the season. Yeah, and I think I think Wancho is probably gone as well. 
God, that makes me it sad. It sucks, but there's just no role for him, man. His uphill battle to get through, like, think about all of the fours and threes that are on this team that are ahead of him right now. Michael Porter Jr., Will well, Barton, Torrey Craig. I, I, you want you want to take? I think Michael Malone would choose Jared Vanderbilt to play minutes at the four over Wancho Hernan Gomez if they needed it. Like, I think that's where he's at in this rotation right now. I, you know what? I'm not quite there yet. We did know we did know there was an offseason surgery on a core muscle. Um, Wancho can shoot. Wancho, Wancho does not have drop foot, or, <laughs> nor has he had two back surgeries. Um, so there's still a chance, but I'm with you. I, he's a prime candidate to be moved by the end of the season for me. So, fiction. You want to know what my favorite part of this podcast has been so far? That neither of us have anything to do with Michael Porter Jr. in any of our conversations for the first time all summer. And it makes me happy. Factor of fiction. Bobble. Bobble? Just going to leave it at Bobble? The bull don't lie, man. I'm just going to leave it where it is. Hey, here's a question for you. Okay. Unleash. Do you emphasize the first or the second bull? Is it bull bull or bull bull? Like, how do you say it? Just I say try it. and say it the same way as bull bull. I try and say oh, it the so exact bull-bull. same. That sounds like the it's first the, one slayer. No, it's the bull-bull. same. It's spelled the bull-bull. same. They're both capitalized in the bull-bull. same way. There's the same space across it. It's just bull bull. There's no, like, bull bull. Or like bull bull. Like there's no, it's just bull bull. Fact or fiction, bull bull will be on the roster with not on a two A, <laughs> but with a full time spot. Uh fact. I would expect that. You don't you don't you don't buy a pick and trade a future asset to lose a guy on a two way deal. Fact or fiction, Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> is tall. <laughs> I'm moving on. I'm taking this away from you. My last one is because you already did your last one. We're on the last one now, man. The Nuggets will be a top ten defense next year. That's the one I that's that's what I was trying to get you to do from the beginning. Sorry. It's okay. What did they finish at the end of last Tenth. season? Tenth. On the dot. But it was 108.1 defensive rating. So it wasn't like a really pretty defensive rating. They just happened to be 10th. I'm going fact. I would agree. I would agree. Give me give me your thesis as to why. Gary Harris gets healthy. Jeremy Grant back up four instead of Mason Plumley slash Wancho slash... Trey Lyles. Or Trey Lyles slash whatever. <laughs> um, Jeremy Grant is not like... For Denver, I it's think... It's a big deal. Yeah, it's not just like, Jeremy. oh, he's not a bad defender. Like, no, he's a plus Let's talk defender. about Jeremy Grant's defense. I want to talk about this some more because I've been doing so much film work on it. Jeremy Grant, when Paul George hurt both of his shoulders, was defending Kawhi Leonard, was defending Giannis, was defending DeMar DeRozan. The, whoever was the best player, regardless if they were shooting guard, small forward, power forward, or center, he was defending. One-on-one, straight up. Because Oklahoma City didn't do anything. Like They, they dropped and they played one-on-one. Yeah, and he handled people, man. Like it was incredible to see his ability to use his length, his explosion, his IQ to get to spots early, like Nikola does. His ability to rotate over from the weak side and see plays before they happen, turning defense into like he is so good defensively. And his role in Denver as a hedge defender and a recovery defender is going to look even better because you're using his mobility in that way. Yeah, I mean, you're just not really. I'm so excited. You're not really feeling that drop off when Millsap leaves the floor. In fact, it could be better. It might be. I think. It will be. It might be. The athleticism is a big difference maker here. So, yeah, no, of course. I mean, this is... The Nuggets are really good. Yeah. They were really good. Now they're healthy, knock on wood, and they've added a player who by all means makes them better. They have a very real chance to be a top five offense and a top seven defense next year. That's a wild thing to be. Yeah. Top it's s- a chance. I'm not saying it's going top seven, to happen. Okay, but like when I say like top 10, I kind of think 9, 10, 11-ish again. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I do think that um, they have the capability now if with a healthy Gary Harris with having the bench to like starters depth to continue to oh, play defense. Okay, hold on. Here's just uh, fiction, devil's advocate. 
Nikola Jokic knows it's all about the playoffs and is done with the regular season defense. Ah, uh, this is this is a very he's good in category. for seven games, eighty two. <laughs> he's just like, I'm hey, you know what, coach? Really tired just, when I played sixty two minutes yeah, that night. Coach. Take a seat, Mike. Loosen up the tie a little bit. <laughs> take off the turtleneck. Like breathe Call your, a little bit. Send your therapist a halftime text. <laughs> like it's cool, bro. Oh my god. So I'm no, I'm. No, I'm this is no, that's a good point. Does Nikola Jokic mail in the regular season more this defensively. year in general? I don't Does know Nikola about, Jokic mail in the regular season more than he has. I don't know so about far. in general because, like, we're talking about a guy who like does sleepwalk into like twenty and ten like, and seven. Like, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, like, like when he's not caring, that happens. And so, offensively, I'm not worried. I this is it started as a joke. This is a real take. I think defensively, Jokic mails it in. In 1920. I mean, why wouldn't you when you have all these better defenders around you? Like, yeah. This is the thing. He's going to watch Jeremy Grant save a play from behind him as he gets blown by once and be like, I'm good. He's going <laughs> to he's gonna look at Malone telling him to get up higher on the level with the, and he's going to say, oh, that's right. You played me 65 minutes in a basketball game and this it's February. We're going to get one of those viral videos of him just taking fouls every yeah. month of the season. <laughs> Honestly, if Michael Malone gets Nikola Jokic to buy into defense during the regular season this year, he should win coach of the year just for that. Fact or fiction, Nikola Jokic is on the last contract of his NBA career. Fact. I've been saying this. He's retiring after this contract. I'm pretty sure it's something like the hundreds of billions. The Serbian exchange rate is like over a hundred times the amount of money. It's like Serbian dinars? What's the Serbian conversion rate from U.S. money? Great podcast material. Dude, I got Siri to tell me. Live Siri. Oh, I keep telling Siri too many. Let me just tell you, it's not 130 million. It's like more like hundreds of billions. So wait, you you fill time for me. You filibuster. Okay. (laughs) Nikola Jokic loves basketball. He does not love the United States of America. He loves his girlfriend. He loves his brother. It is 106 times the amount of money you would have. So if you took 144 million dollars and you times that by 106 multiply is that is the verb but go ahead i hate you yeah. <clears throat> 1.5 billion dollars is what nikola Jokic yeah, so has in serbian money. 1.5 billion so he could have all of the horses the country he could have the country like Him unless and novak Djokovic could just run that's Serbia, what i'm saying so which would probably be better so uh five <laughs> years in a mount if i'm Jokic. so, Jova- so Djokovic, Jokic. 2020 is that what we're saying for Serbia? Joker, Joker, 2020. Joker, Joker, 2020. We, we better stay. That's out probably of where we should Serbian politics. <laughs> we don't know. I hear it's kind of tricky yeah, these days. That might be a little bit beyond yeah. my jurisdiction. But this has been the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. Thank you for fulfilling our chaos for a little while there. It was a good time, but there will be more shows coming up. I will talk to you guys soon. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and podcast. We'll talk to you later.